Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen... On behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. How about that? It's time for another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Episode 57, the Johan Santana edition. The Palazzo Podcast is part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network, which also includes Turn 2, hosted by Matt Williams. Make sure you head out over to rotofanatic.com and check out our data monster. If you want to win your league in 2021, Start playing with the Data Monster. He's very friendly. Today's guest of honor is the one and only Rob DiPietro. 2020 Draft Champions overall winner on NFBC and host of the Pole Hitter Podcast. Join your host, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier as they get deeply involved in fantasy baseball talk with Rob. We take a look at some of the latest hot stove moves and how that will impact fantasy baseball. We also dive into ADP, examine some risers from December into January, and of course Enrico's Inquisition gets goofy and wacky. Take it away, boys! Welcome in! Now tune into the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are live and uncensored. That's right. It's time for the latest episode. It's number 57. Can't think of a 57 off the top of my head, but I'm sure our guests will. Deary, you're back on the show. It's good to have you aboard again. It's Wednesday night. It's doubleheader night. You ready? I am prepared to be with the pop father. I think that's your new name, Mike. It's amazing. 
Uh, well, there already is a pod father, by the way. And, yeah, you're frozen in time, by the way. So. He is frozen in time. <laughs> Maybe you should pop out and come back in, dearie. But we are. If you're listening to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. It's Plazo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Never forget it. We're always here to support you guys. Utah. Give Very important that we connect with you and grow and emails, tweets, everything makes a difference. It really does. So we appreciate all of that. Our guest today is someone who has experience. He's been in the game for a minute. He knows a thing or two about fantasy baseball. This guy originally came to us last year. I remember it like it was yesterday. I can just think of it now. We were just doing our thing, trying to settle in in 2020 and understand what it means to be in the fantasy baseball game. And then this guy hit us up. He's like, hey, why don't you come on my podcast? I would love to get to know you guys and talk about fantasy baseball. And I said, shit, that sounds like a good idea. I'm down with that. And then we did the show, and we had a good time. And then then this dude goes next level. He takes it up a notch, and he becomes this guy who starts kicking ass. And he's dominating. And he wins the overall DC on the NFBC. The overall winner of Draft Champions. That that blew my mind. And then he just exploded. And now he's one of the biggest deals there is. He's Deadpool hitter. He is the host of his very own show, which we were on, which was a thrill for us that you can listen to anytime you want. The Poll Hitter Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Rob D.P.H.O. Hey, Rob. Mike, that was amazing. Thank you so much. That was that was super special. I my intros on my podcast stink. It's something I sit down. And I'm like, I gotta do better. I gotta do better. I gotta get better at this. And that just when I hear something like that, it makes me feel even more incompetent. But no, but thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we have a, a deep history. Uh, you know, when I first got into this venture, and it was cool. It was cool talking to you guys from the beginning and through now. You know, um, forming good good friendships. That's what it's all about, man. Look at yeah, you. We're all grown. We're all grown up. We're all mature now. We're <laughs> we're veterans of the game. I mean, we're old people anyways before we got into this game. So it really doesn't matter. But yeah, we love talking to you. I'm finally glad we're having you on the pod. And now you're I mean, I feel like we're talking to royalty, man. I Stop. you won a draft champions. You fucking won it, dude. You won, I won it. it. I won it. Yeah. You did it. it. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy about it. And you, you know, but it's yeah, what did did do you feel any pressure to show that it wasn't a fluke on a 60-game season? I felt it the minute after the season was over. I felt it before the season actually even ended. Like I, <laughs> No, I'm not joking. Like my wife was like, are you there? And I'm like, how am I going to do it next year? Like, you know, so that's really what I was thinking. So um, because, you know, I, I got – I didn't do so well in other leagues, so I take that as uh, a thing to know that, okay, like, I have to get better. Still have to get better. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful I won. Um, yeah, and I do feel like, you know, I I put a lot of time into, you know, um, really making sure I was going to be able to, you know, play at a good level this year. Okay, I respect that, Rob. I do. Yeah, I do. 
You always got the hustle. He's always rolling. He's always jamming. And on today's show, we're going to be jamming with all kinds of content. We're going to talk about some of the big moves that have impacted fantasy today. Colton Wong, Alex Colomay, Nelson Cruz, yada, yada, yada. The beat goes on. We'll get Rob's take on those moves. We'll talk about things beyond baseball, which we love to do on the show. And Enrico's Inquisition with Rob. We'll find out more about the man himself. And of course, we'll do some ADP conundrums, look at some risers, some people who have rose to the occasion recently in ADP world since December into January. Take a look at some of Rob's techniques in fantasy, do some shot and ride the pine, and listener chatter, and we'll get the hell out of here. That'll be the store. That'll be the store. That'll be the show. <laughs> this is the store. We're selling the store for this show. We're very excited. Uh, a couple of housekeeping tips real quickly. Um... Wanted to say thank you to the one and only Van Lee. That's right, housekeeping. Mr. Belvedere, you know, he's here cleaning up the house. Okay. Want to say thanks to Van Lee from the Nasty Cast. He had me on the show. And he, I did the Dynasty show that they do with him and Rob Rigney and Brian Vaughn. You guys were all awesome. I had a great time. I hope I did a decent job with the Tigers and talking about the top 20 prospects. Shout out to Michael Richards from Roto Fanatic, our prospect guru, who gave me some leads on that. And to Motor City Bengals. I also did my research on the MotorCityBengals.com website. Roger Castillo, Chris Brown, Marty Talbin, all you guys. There's so many people to thank. We appreciate. And shout out to Bruce Carlson, who was our listener of the week after our Ariel Cohen show. Thank you, Bruce, for getting to know the show and giving us five stars. That's awesome. It's why we do what we do. Thank you so very much. All right. So, Mike, having... hold on a second. Sorry to interrupt you, but was that Sticks? <laughs> that, have, that was Mr. Belvedere. You don't know Mr. No, Belvedere? I know, no, no, I know. I do. I Come do. on, Belvedere. We're talking 86, 87 he's messing maybe with us. Belvedere? I was young. You got me on that. How old are you, Rob, by the way? I'm 40. Yeah, you're my age. You're our old yeah, you're, yeah, that's what you are, my friend. I was watching Three Stooges hard. It wasn't a. I didn't live in a. I didn't live in a Belvedere world. It was three stages. Oh, damn! man Transformers. Of course, of course. Oh, that's of right course. up our alley. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why haven't that's they a- ever made a Transformers movie? Can you guys answer that? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, sorry, not not Transformers. Um, sorry. Um, He Man. Man. No, not He Man. Thundercats. Sorry, that's what I'm. Thundercats. Love yes. Thundercats. Yes. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's it. been in the hopper for a bit, and they haven't been able to figure it out. I don't know if they're talking live action or cartoony, but uh, Make, I think it'd, it'd be a hit. I'd see it. Needs, it. Yeah, it yeah. needs to happen. It's it, a it needs to happen. All I know is Thundercats. Ho! That's right. That's what we're doing here. So we're all the Thundercats, <laughs> and we're gonna ho, which means that we're going to get into leading off. <laughs> All right, and leading off today, we've mixed it up on recent shows, but we're getting back to basics with moves. Hot stove action. Hot, hot, hot stove. That's right. Colton Wong is now a part of the Brew Crew. If you live in Milwaukee or the greater Wisconsin area, like Derek Van Riper or our buddy John Fish, hey, you might be excited about this move. Colton Wong is going to be playing second base for the Brew Crew. Rob, instant fantasy impact on this uh, in any way you want to take it. Yeah, I mean, I was anticipating him getting a starting job as early as drafting in November. Um, I, I felt pretty confident in taking that pick. And he was early. Um, as soon as you start to draft after the season ends, you know, anyone who's a free agent is a real big pause. So I kind of took advantage of that, getting in him as, as deep as in the 300. So um, I feel good about that. I think he's going to, you know, for sure lead off, play second. 
Um, the contract indicates he's going to play, you know, um, I think a lot of his power metric that kind of dropped down was he low, he, he stopped pulling the ball as much as he used to. And I think he had, you know, that that's where his power alley lies. So, but I don't think you drafted him for that. You drafted him for volume um, at second base, which is pretty weak and stolen bases. So yeah, I mean, get aboard. Yeah, Deary, what's the instant analysis for you? Colton Wong is a guy that the Cardinals said, bye-bye, we're not going to pick up the option here. But now the Brew Crew uh, gain? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've like Rob said, great ADP on him, and you can grab him late. I mean, if he's going to lead off for them, that's that's really good because he's going to have Yelich behind him and Hira. So uh, good impact right here. So I think Wong is going to be a guy, especially like if you drafted, if you've already drafted and you drafted him super late, he's going to have a chance to put up some really good numbers. Love the stolen bases with Colton Wong, and it's a fresh start for him. I think he needed to get out of St. Louis and and hop on a new squad, and uh, I'm on board with it. He's on board. Colton Wong in Milwaukee. It's going to be a nice little park boost for him. Milwaukee has one of the most enjoyable hitters parks there is in baseball, right, Rob? So this this is a benefit for him on the park factor side, especially leaving Bush. I I don't. I mean, I'm not a real big park factor expert, admittedly. So I mean, oh no, there am I. But I mean, but yeah, no, I think it's pretty lateral. I mean, I did a quick little search on um, ESPN park factors, just in homers and average in general, and it didn't. It just you know, since back to 2019, it just seemed pretty. I think they were like both in the middle of the league. So I don't really feel like it's it's a. I don't really know the. Um, you know, the effect that'll have on him. I don't think, I don't think what you're, what you're drafting him for, I don't think the park factor should make a, as big as a, a, a difference, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know. You could be wrong. Could be wrong. You could be right. Could be right. Who knows? But yeah, right. I, I see this as a boom for him. This is good news. Bush Stadium is not the most friendly to hitters. Uh, right-handed batters is even worse, I believe. If you can go to rotofanatic.com, this show is part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network, and you can check out our park factors, which are created by Crosby Spencer. Really good dude, knows his stuff, and I got to tell you, anytime somebody like this makes a move, goes from one park to the other, that's the place to go to. Go to the top tab, click on park factors. You will thank us later. You'll be you'll be emailing us saying, hey, thanks for the tip, guys. Really appreciate it. Alex Colome is in Minnesota now. He's a Twinkie. A Twinkie. I did not see this one coming. I knew that he would sign somewhere. Someone was going to pick him up. But now we have kind of a mess on our hands here. And the truth is, maybe it was always going to be a mess, Rob. Do you see this as really affecting the situation, or is it still generally status quo? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think I think people are going to be split over this opinion and maybe lean toward Colome. Um, Mr. Rogers had 39 out of this, out of their 67 saves since 2019. And he's had some good competition in the pen, you know, Romo, May, Duffy. So I don't know. I kind of feel like he's still going to be mostly the guy, um, maybe 50, 50. So I guess that's a little bit of, of a situation there that, you know, but, um, I don't know. I still, I still think they, they trust Rogers. They haven't shown that they don't completely trust him. And I think he's gotten better versus lefties, which has helped. So um, that might be a non-factor anymore. Yeah, Deary. I mean, Hansel Robles was also signed in the offseason. You got Robles, you got right. Rogers, you got a bunch of guys in the pen here, Deary. Are you going to be targeting a specific closer for Minnesota? Or are you just going to use it as a potpourri, depending on roster creation? I think I'm still 
set on Rodgers. I think that it's something the Twins obviously have shown that they've needed to do after the last playoff run is that they needed more bullpen help. And Colome is going to do that. He's a veteran who's had some some pretty decent seasons. I think I'm still targeting Rodgers, but it gives them a good chance to you know go to another option if he if Rodgers you know falls apart. So it's a great move for the Twins. Colome might be a good. And if you're in a saves, you know, slash holds league, I think right. those are a good combination right there because I still think the Twins are going to win a good amount of games. I think you totally nailed it right there, Derry. That, that's totally right. Uh, either way, if, you, if you're if you in those save plus holds league, you go that route, and I think they're flip-flopping. They're, they're splitting the holds and the saves 100%, you know, and that's why I think a lot of people are leaning right now to, like, a column A dom- like dominant. Um, I, I don't see a full dominant on on his side so yeah i'm i'm with you on that Ah, what a mess this could be another reason to target elite closers earlier again depending on draft type and league situations right just might be another reason to do that right Uh, nelson cruz is also in minnesota so now nelson cruz and alex colome can go to dinner and hang out in the twin cities together st paul is a beautiful place i hear uh is i don't think there's really anything to add here we know what we get we know who he is. Rob, really, I mean, is there anything we need to add to this situation with Nelson Cruz being back in Minnesota for one more year? I think that the tendency to – so I think, you know, the biggest argument for him is I know like in NFBC leagues, he's got the utility-only yeah. tab, and people don't like to get restricted into that. Okay, if that's your strategy, so be it. And then I hear the, well, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later, you know, the whole anticipatory age thing. But, like, look around, right? You know, Tom, like, Tom Brady, he's, he's, he's still killing. Like, athletes are playing longer and, and staying more effective. And he hasn't shown the sign. That's the thing. Nothing deteriorated to the fact that it says, okay, like, it looks like, you know, he's going to be – he's just the same guy. And I think he's, you know, an all around, like, one of the better hitters in the league. So, yeah, I mean, good sign and good good fantasy addition. Yeah, I don't think there's much to add here. We know what we get. We know the story. I, if you're afraid for utility purposes, then stay away and stay miss away. out on the big-ass OPS and power. I mean, this guy just kills the ball still. He really just crushes it, and you're right. There doesn't seem to be any sign yet, yet, right, right. of deterioration. It's it's absolutely amazing what this guy is doing. Like The last two or three years, I feel like he just gets passed up on every single year in fantasy, and he just puts up those numbers. This guy's going to end up being a Hall of Famer because of what he's been able to do in the second half of his career. Didn't come up till later, you know, obviously with the Rangers and, you know, was, was pretty damn solid there. And he's been an absolute stud in Minnesota that really doesn't – it's not really a – super hitters park they they rank in the bottom third but i mean he's still been able to rake and the guy's been a top 30 guy the last two or three years i mean there's a couple other leagues i've been in where he gets traded at the start of the year in the offseason and everyone's like oh yeah nelson cruz it's probably over and then the the guy that trades for him just reaps so many damn benefits the guy's superpower and it's huge for the twins you know if they're going to compete with the white Sox in the central and you know what it's really wild like you said like the second half of his Career. It's just it's like I looked at his stats. Um, you know, in 2009, he had 33 homers and 20 stolen bases. You know, that was a long time ago. A and like what what a season. Like, you know, like, oh man, he's just he's just evolved. Now he's just a massive power hitter. You know, he he's got 417 homers. Do you guys think he's got a shot at even 450, like in the post-steroid era where they may look at him and say, well, this guy did it clean, you know, supposedly. Like, he might be one of those guys, like you said, Erie, who who gets into the hall. 
because yeah, of that it's similar. It's similar to like what Adrian Beltre did his last like six, right. seven years, who I think right. is also a, a Hall of Famer because just you extend your career by be, from thirty-five to forty and put up the stats that they've been able to put up, put up, and it's absolutely incredible. Absolutely legendary. Cruz is a legend. He is, and he will always be. And no one's going to take that away from him. Not you, Rob. Not me. Not you, dearie. None of us are going to do that. Legendary Tigers killer. Remember what they say in the Sandlot, you know. What do they say? Legends live forever? Uh, I can't remember. When Babe Ruth comes out of the closet and they start talking, he <laughs> gives this whole speech about legends never die. Somebody lives forever? I don't know. Fuck, I forgot. It's one or the other. It's one of Thanks, Rob. Wow. Yeah. That's a, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Last one. Uh Joaquin Soria is a Diamondback now, and I am baffled by this only because I don't know if the Diamondbacks are actually trying to win or not. I'm still kind of confused what their situation is. I'm not really concerned about Crichton or Kevin Ginkle, who I also like. Kevin Ginkle is another arm in that pen who could close. Rob, what's the bottom line here? Crichton, Ginkle, Soria, do you care, or am I missing the boat somewhere here? Yeah, I you know I don't know. Um, first thing that popped my he got signed for three and a half million. Um, some of the you know like the columns and you know got six. So um, I don't know if that's like a specific sign for a closer role, like monetary wise. But he makes sense too, arbitration wise, because like Crichton will be arb eligible next year. So if you're a team trying to suppress that situation. Um, that may be a reason. Plus, you know, like you said, maybe they're trying to win, but maybe they're leaning on like, hey, what if it's 16 teams, right? How much better can we reasonably get? So then you bring a guy like him into the equation and, you know, maybe you, um, you know, add and put a pen to try to secure a couple more wins. The, the thing that I'm worried about is that, you know, it looked all shiny up top, but underneath it was, you know, it looked like it's starting to crack, you know? So I don't know if he's going to be, even if he is the guy, um, I don't think he, he might not be as effective as he was a couple of years ago because he had a couple of things that were really weak, especially his whiffs per swing, which is something I really like to look at for a relief pitcher. Um, it's on Alex Chamberlain's leaderboard. Mm. And yeah, for like, so when I, I don't know. It's just something I started doing in my evaluation of relievers because they have like a short time in the game. So I want to like micro level it to per swing. So I want to see how good these guys are doing on a like you know the, the a most microscopic level that I could find. And you know his is like the tops relievers since 2019 were at like 43 percent average was like 30. So 23 to me shows that he might not be able to get that you know, that strikeout ability as he used to. And his deserved barrel too, which is another thing on Alex Chamberlain leaderboard. He had a 3.2 barrel percentage. His deserved barrel was 8.4. So I don't know. It might not be as pretty as it seems on the top. Wow, dude, that is, see, that's why we have you on, man. That is the kind of tidbit that we're going to highlight when we do the show. We clean it up and we you know, polish it, fine tune it a little bit. And we're going to say, hey, check this segment out where Rob give us insight on relief pitchers at a micro level. Because you're right, they're not in that game that long. So let's get to the most minute detail to shrink it down and really understand. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's and, same, and, yeah. Right. And, and props to Alex, too. I know you had him on. He's he's, he's great. He's, you know, oh. it's a good, it's, it, it's a good, it's a good leaderboard to filter with. So for relievers, you know, I look at the whisper swing, the CFW, any little detail in there that, you know, that might be able to pop and 
seem intuitively like a thing that you would want, right? And that's the thing with Alex. I think a lot of this stuff to some people might seem overwhelming, but it's pretty intuitive when you really think about it at its core, you know? So it makes sense. What about then with Sean Doolittle signing with the Reds? I thought he was left for dead. I said this on the Nasty Cast with Van Lee and the crew. Follow the Nasty Cast. Give it a five-star rating, by the way. I said myself that I found it to be baffling. And Deary, I'll throw this to you real quick. Doolittle signs... He's left for dead by the Nats. What do, you, what do you take from this now with the Reds' bullpen or Doolittle himself? Any value left here? Yeah, I actually think there is because I don't think Amir Garrett as, is as reliable as you'd like him to be. We may talk about Amir Garrett later in this pod. Uh, he's such a volatile pitcher. His, his walk rate is just insane. He he goes – he basically how, how his slider does is how he goes. And, you know, he's got a great fastball, but he's super wild. I actually like Lucas Sims a lot in that bullpen. Uh, they're just trying to shore up some other guys. It's it's a wide open division out in the central. And I would not be surprised if Doolittle comes back to what he was a few years ago when he was oh, pretty close to dominant. And I think, you know, he's got that pedigree of doing it before. I am not an Amir Garrett believer in the ninth inning as much as maybe the Reds might be. So we'll we'll see how this shakes out. But, you know, as you can see with the Soria move, Colome move, these teams are looking to shore up their bullpens. Uh, you know, we had talked about how deep starters are going to go, how many innings starters are going to go this year. And so I think they're really trying to sure up their sixth, seventh and eighth innings, especially early on in the season when I don't think guys are going to be going really deep into games early. They're going to kind of gear them up. So you really got to sure up your bullpen. So it's going to be a volatile situation in Cincinnati, especially if, if Garrett falls apart early, they do have some other options and a veteran like Doolittle could be there to help help out so maybe he's not drafted or maybe you draft him super late depending on how many rounds you have but he's definitely a guy that you could be streaming and keep close attention to what that what's going on with that situation in Cincinnati Rob anything yeah I'm uh I I think it's another cheapskate move by a team trying to avoid (laughs) (laughs) yeah because uh, again I'll go back to the arb thing for the for the relievers it's a big thing now you know it's just just a common theme you know let's not oppress these guys values by you know them accumulating 10 or 15 saves because it's just they're going to become you know at a price where they're not going to want to pay these guys so i think this is just one of those moves but i don't trust Doolittle, and i don't trust garrett either um i think the same thing as theory was saying he's just very volatile the walks are still there um and the hard hit he just gives up a ton of homers, ton of barrels, way too much that I would want in a considerate cl- uh, in in a like um, a good solid closer. I don't think the Reds are going to go that route, but um, he might get a sprinkle. But I don't like Doolittle. I don't think he's going to last long if he gets a shot. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. The Nets need bullpen help still, and they said we don't want anything to do with this guy. So, yeah, they must know more than what anyone else knows. Obviously, if you got the guy in the system and you're just letting him walk, right. then you know right. there's nothing there anymore. Right. Well, there it is, folks. That is our leading off segment where we break down some of the moves of the day and the recent days to find out if there's a fantasy impact and what the angle will be for you. And I am sure, I am very sure that we covered that completely and fully. Nice job, guys. All right, don't forget, this is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. You talk. Give me Never two. forget that. That's what we do here. We love talking with Rob DiPietro. You can follow him 
Deadpool hitter. Don't forget, this guy loves to pull the ball. He's always doing it. His entire career, he's never gone to center. He doesn't spray it around. He just pulls it and jams it out to left field. Or if you're a lefty, you jam it to right. Are you lefty or righty? I don't even know. I'm a righty. I'm a righty. Okay. And, right, and so. you know what's funny, too, is that when I when I did happen to, like, hit a shot to right, right, like the alley and right, I had some really good power there. I just, I, it wasn't worth my effort to try to uh, learn how to hit it there. I would just smash it left. I just, you know, it was just, it was all about going, hitting dingers too. I didn't want to run. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine, Rob. Don't yeah. See, my, my bread and butter was right center. That, yeah, that was, that, somehow know. that's where all my power came from. If I pulled it, it was a pop up. So Apo I, taco. I, I I tried going up the middle and right center my right. whole life. And Derry, I know that all the best hitters I've seen in softball did the, did that thing. You know, right 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 center, and I just couldn't. I yeah, fuck play. softball. I hate softball. Oh yeah, yeah. don't <laughs> su- you shouldn't bring up softball, Derry. It's very emotional. All right, well let's cut the shit and let's get down to brass tack. It's time for Enrico's Inquisition. That's right. Let's see if Rob can hang with us. Let's see if he's oh, got boy. the skills that pay the bills i'm feeling good about it here we go bryce harper or lenny dykstra bryce harper oceans or lakes which do you prefer lakes oceans terrify me van halen or van hagar oh <laughs> van halen not Ooh. a contest ww84 the movie or trevor bauer <laughs> trevor bauer has more positive things going for him he is a good pitcher Get ready for some doozies, because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. (laughs) That's how we do it here on the show, Rob. We're bringing it to you. I am not afraid. Are you afraid? Don't be afraid, Rob. It's okay. Just relax. Be yourself. I am relaxed. I am relaxed. (laughs) <laughs> okay good well we're gonna get to know rob a little bit beyond the game of baseball there's more to life than baseball folks you know if you got your head stuck up your asses you know open the door go outside i know it's covid maybe you can't do that so that's not cool either anyways let's play the game all right rob it's real simple i'm gonna ask you stuff and you just feel what you feel you say you would take it or leave it or you'll go for one thing or the other it's just that simple my first one for you is wall street or the wolf of wall street Wolf of Wall Street. Not even close? Um, maybe close. I'd go Boiler Room over all of them now. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Right. Hot take. I love Boiler Room. Fuck yeah, yeah. man. I do, like, I do like Boiler Room. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, we're, we're all the same age. We all grew up on Boiler Room. It came out when we were like 19. I remember it was like 1999, 2000. That movie was awesome. Giovanni Ribisi. Ben yes. Affleck was like the Alec Baldwin of the Glenn right. Gary, Glenn Ross role. Yeah, Vin Diesel. It was, it was it was pretty. It was a good movie. A good movie. Yeah. And Wall Street's in that movie. They like right. do. Oh they yeah. Do, uh, yeah. Reenactments just, of it. They're just creaming over it. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Uh, you know, I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't know if it holds up or not. That'd be a good one to find out if it still does because it was like a. It was a big part of our lives back then. So, Me and my call. wife watched it about a month ago, and that's why okay. it was fresh in my head. Yeah. And? Still good to go? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Fuck, yeah. That's great. Glad to hear that. You never know. I, that's why we do the Cinema 9 podcast to do, because we try to find out, does a movie still hold up? And it turns out, yes, there's plenty that so. do, some that don't. And so does St. Elmo's Fire still. Sorry. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> that's so funny you mentioned that. That's so funny you mentioned that, because my... My friend of mine on the podcast that we do for the movie pod, Cinema 9, he had just watched it last week for the first time. So he said it was good. 
first time ever wow yeah yeah i love it yeah i've never seen that film great that's one of the eight, that's one of the john hughes ones i missed yeah it's the brat pack great soundtrack too right yeah bro. yeah awesome sorry i didn't mean to take you off track mike oh that's what inquisition is about <laughs> okay cool all right good i don't know who you think you are <laughs> you just crossed the line no, it's fine, Rob. Okay. Rob, we're taking it easy, just having some good times in Enrico's Inquisition. We ask silly things. Uh, do you prefer whistling or humming? Whistling. Yeah. Yeah, and I do a reverse whistle and then an, an inverse. You know, go wait, wait. like in in like yeah 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 hundred <laughs> percent. Whoa, yeah, strong whistler. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had, wow. So when you suck it in, is that the inverse or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you could do like the through the tongue one, you know, like I don't know how to do these though. I never though I would love to learn that though. Okay. You know, King the, uh, or the, or the or that like tongue roll and the, the the like the really like the loud ones. Yeah. That should be actually that should be on my bucket list of things to learn. Kings or queens? Kings. Uh best borough of the five boroughs. Brooklyn. No doubt. Yeah, from there. Runner-up? Runner-up, Queens. Oh, okay. That reminds me of a Ella Cool J song. Around the Way Girl. Around <laughs> the Way Girl. <laughs> Came out of Queens. I was raised out in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's cool. No, I think uh, that's doing it. I think that's a wrong, I think you got the wrong Oh, song. shit, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, doing yeah, it well. That's, that's, doing that's it, later yeah. LL. Yeah, it's late later 90s LL. LL. You guys are right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're right. You're goddamn right. LL right. is so underrated. He really is. I he was really thinking is. that a couple weeks ago. Because when you listen to his stuff from like 85, 86, you're like, he was ahead of his time. Like, And he was like 16 when he started that right, shit. Right, right, right. He had the whole thing going too for him. I Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. I completely agree with that. Me and Deary, we always, uh, remember. <laughs> oh, oh, we, oh, oh. <laughs> Which song oh, yeah. is that? Oh, that's uh. That's the Wizard of I'm, the, I'm the type of guy. I'm the type of guy. <laughs> I'm the type of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You're right. It's from the Wizard of Oz, and then he uses it. And I'm the type of guy. I forgot about that. So yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we'll play some uh, doing it underneath here while we keep on cruising. Uh, okay. Joe Pesci, because oh, people wow. people loved it to uh, bring up the Joe Pesci. I don't know how I'm going to answer these questions while this song is playing in the background. Oh, no, but I love it though. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe Pesci or Robert De Niro? Joe Pesci. Yeah. Because he's that, my height. Is that why? Because he's nah, your height. No. Okay. <laughs> no, duh. Um, yeah. Uh, so close, though. I don't know. It's re- That's a tough one, Mike. That's a tough one. I don't know why I said that first, but um, there must be something deep inside. You got to go pro- with your gut. It's probably my cousin Vinny. It's probably the tiebreaker, I think, because it's just... In, like I think the most impactful movie, um, one of the most impactful movies, like from either one of them. No, obviously they have a ton, but that one I recite all the time at home. We recite all the time at work. It's like always my cousin Vinny stuff too. So and it's just fun, you know. It's a good break from uh, all the other stuff that they're mostly involved with. Marissa Tomei won Academy Award for that one. Yeah, yeah why not? Uh, Zach Galifianakis or Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle. I would agree with that. Right, Deary? I mean, 
Galifianakis has his moments, but Chappelle's just too funny. Chappelle's a Chappelle's a damn legend. Uh, Galifianakis oh, is Galifianakis is fine. I love the Between Two Ferns stuff. Did either of you guys see the Between Two Ferns movie? No. Oh, it's god awful, but enjoyable. Okay, that's good to know. I would I would recommend for you guys um, on Netflix. Uh, David Letterman has a series. Have you guys seen any mm-hmm. of those? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The, did you see the one where he sat down with Dave Chappelle? Yeah. No. Oh, it's pretty great. cool, man. Like I, I don't know. I, I had a whole different outlook on Chappelle. Like I always knew he was amazing. You know, I, I always liked the stuff, but you know that talk and just to see the respect Letterman had for him. He's like, you're, you've been the guy since since you've been the guy. Like you've been the best in the business, and it was cool to hear him say that. You know, so um, yeah, Dave Chappelle. Wow. Okay, I've seen that show. I just haven't seen all the episodes. I will make a note of that. I guarantee you. Um, Huey Lewis and the News or Aha? Huey Lewis. Yeah, you gotta go with Huey. He's all day. Yeah. I love Huey, and it's a tragedy what's happened to him. You know, you can't hear well anymore. It's a damn shame because we're all missing oh, really? out on that. Uh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, he had to retire oh, no. a couple years ago because he had this developed this awful hearing thing where he just couldn't hear anymore, or like he's. I don't know if he's full on deaf, but he's mostly deaf. So. Oh man, no. it sucks. It is. Bummer. It's, it's a tragedy, Bummer, it really. Is. I played a full round of golf last year with our buddy Dave, Mike, who you know, and we listened to Huey Lewis the whole round. Wow. What? Yeah, by Dave's request. <laughs> wow. That's a okay. that's a good day. <laughs> that's a good day. You like golf, Rob? I play. I I used to play some golf. Yeah. Um, I think I was a lot more uh, driven to do it when my body was able to sustain the violent swings from it. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> but in yeah, the I, in the it's heyday. fun. It, yeah, I still enjoy it. Like, you know, maybe like three or four years ago, like did the whole Top Golf thing, and that was pretty cool. It's fun stuff. They just go there too with the fellas and the ladies and hit the balls and to the target and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Still haven't done the top golf thing. It reminds yeah. me of a place called Golfarama by my house when I was younger. That sounds like the same thing. You could hit it into a screen and it acted like you were hitting on a real course. It was like yeah. a, a projector. They took like they took so many different dynamics of things and morphed it into one, which is phenomenal. It's like the bowling alley experience, but the golf experience and it's really cool. It's like the areas are wide you can hang out you know order food and it's just great they they, they did a good job with that uh, I would say. uh playstation or xbox playstation you got ps5 no yeah, i don't need ps3 dear do you have one? oh ps3 yeah I, I i don't play much oh okay i so used to play a lot but i'm still a, a place i've always been playstation guy okay dear you get a playstation 5 I don't know. I'm still on four. I, I usually wait two, three years before uh, I, I snag a new one. But we moved from That's Xbox nice. over to PlayStation a few years ago just for the show, which now the show is going to be on Xbox as well. That's right. Universal. And we're looking forward to that because people love the show. I don't love the show. It's a good game, but I don't play it because it just pisses me off. But I don't know because I'm not good at it. That's probably the truth of it. Uh, hey, I can't lie about it. Let's do a couple more of these Fridays. Or Saturdays. They're both fun days. I'll go Saturdays. Saturdays? Yeah. Um, do you prefer flying or driving? Flying? Or like driving. if I was... Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, a plane. On a plane, I guess. So. But there, if it was the same distance and it wouldn't take that much longer, would you rather drive or fly? 
Oh man, I think I'd rather drive if it wasn't so long of a drive. I think I would prefer the drive. I like There's drive. no scenario, by the way. I just made up a scenario that doesn't yeah, exist. It, yeah, it, it never is. takes. <laughs> Same it time. would always be quicker to fly than drive. Yeah, but you got to think about it. You got to get to the airport an hour and a half earlier. Yeah. You got to board the flight, get off the oh, flight. It, God, it's time yeah. consuming. Oh, that's depressing what you just did. Yeah, that that is depressing. All right. I have an inquisition. Can I? Oh, do you? Yeah. Mm. I just thought of one on the fly. This is the first. Go ahead. Okay. Would you actually have thought about this before? So I'll just wait. I'll ask you guys. Um, would you rather be able to run like 100 miles an hour, right? Or would you rather be able to fly? Hmm. Think about, um, again, think about the time distance thing and what you could accomplish. But I think, I think. It, it's tough. I think flying. You think, I think flying, like fly. yeah. flying kind of trumps, right? What about flying or or invisible? Being invisible. Being invisible all day. Because <laughs> then you, I want to hear what everyone's saying all the time. I would love that. So that's a no brainer for me. Awesome. I don't know about you, dude. Drop. I Hell would yeah. like to fly more than anything because if I'm the only person flying, it'd be fucking great. If I'm running, there's other people I'd have to like. They'd be in my way all the time. If I'm flying, it's just me up in the clouds. But 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 you could probably make more running, more money doing a fast run because you could just challenge people like, hey, you want to race me and just be poof. Yeah, but you're the only person in the planet that can fucking fly. So I know that's really freaking out. Yeah, you would be a thing. You would be like, you know, would you be able to handle the the celebrity? Yeah, can you handle that? The only flyer. That's the name of the new podcast. The uh, your new podcast. The only flyer in the world. I would go from like 250 <laughs> followers on Twitter, Twitter to millions immediately. Millions. Of course you yeah. would. Of course yeah. you would. You'd be a huge yep. deal. Uh, Rob, curveballs or sliders? Curveballs. Man, everybody keeps picking curveballs lately. It's, it's yeah. been like a run of I think four straight. So, favorite curveball uh, pitcher in particular? Anybody that comes to mind besides Clayton Kershaw? Or... I um, so I was I'll go Pedro, even though oh, Barry, classic. even though Barry Zito's is like. You know, one that pops out is just like one of those nice big lollipop type. But yeah, I like Pedro's. Those are devastating. And uh, yeah, Barry Zito. I haven't thought of Barry Zito in a while. And Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden back in the day. There it is. That yeah, actually, probably... Doc Gooden has come up on the show a couple times over the last two weeks because Ariel Cohen was on the show and he mentioned him. And that, that seems to come up with a great curveball, no doubt about it. Yeah. And then finally, this is the big one. Okay. For love. Or money. That's what we want to know. Love. Love. That simple, huh? Yeah. Well done, sir. Well done. Beautiful. Love is winning the day lately, dear. We haven't had money in a while. And I like that. That means that gives us hope for the humanity of the future. The human race has a chance. And that's what we do in the show. We bring you what the human race is hopefully wanting for all of us. As we progress down this road of life, I am Michael Gobier and Christopher Deary is my co-host. We're joined by Rob DiPietro, Deadpool hitter. He loves talking about fantasy baseball. You can follow him on Twitter. And of course, if you want to go the extra mile and really get some knowledge, Pole Hitter Podcast, where he's had some killer guests, killer guests on the show recently. Uh, you get some of the biggie, big studs, people who know the game, high stakes players, like Phil DeSalt, and then you bring home a fun episode like you did this week with 
Ellen and Jenny and Yancey. I thought that was really cool, man. And Shelly. Yeah, it was great. And Shelly. Shelly, yeah, right. It, Who we had was, on the podcast last week. It was a great time. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, just, I'm just grateful that everyone is so nice and approachable. You know, we just thought, you know, hey, would you want to do a podcast? Yeah. It's uh, it's awesome. You know, it's, I know. It's, you it's just real, keep asking. Yeah, you just keep asking. You keep saying yes and just, you know. Day, have a good time, be nice to each other, and it's it's a great time. Yeah, so I'm enjoying it. You know, I've been able, like you said, to get on some, you know, some really big time players in the fantasy arena, big time analysts who've been doing it for you know 20, 30 years, which blows my mind. You know, when you know talking um, to guys, I I used to read their work for so right such a long right. time, and so yeah, it's it it's great, and yeah, and you know, one thing that when I was thinking about doing a podcast, it was just, I loved all the ADP stuff and evaluation of players. And it was critical for me to like, listen to them. But I felt like I wanted to learn, like I wanted to get inside everyone's brain as much as I can. Obviously no one's going to tell the world everything that they do to a T because everyone's competing on a very competitive level. But, you know, um, I thought it would be helpful. And I got a lot, got a lot of good feedback early about, you know, how it was, um, like really impact, like, um, um, applicable knowledge, you know, like you could, you could really make a difference in how you, you know, how, how good you are if, if you learn like sound process. So yeah, it's, it's great. I learn as I go to, you know, talking to everyone. Yeah, it's great. I sit there, just take notes, you know, <laughs> listen to it, take more notes. Yeah, so it's great. Damn right. That's yeah, what we're doing it's here. It's like last year, Rob, you were a freshman just like us, and now we're just getting into our sophomore year now. Right, right. That's right. Yeah. So I like that. That's good, it's, dude. Yeah, it's, it's good. So it's going to be like, uh, what do you think? of How, how quick are you going to graduate? Oh, I ain't graduate, man. <laughs> Ten years just to graduate college, man. <laughs> but we're we're learning from all the tenured professors right now. So that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're one of those, Rob. You're you are one of those people. We're gonna learn from you on the show a little bit later with his fantasy process. But right now, we're gonna get into the fantasy breakdown where we're gonna talk about some ADP and some ADP risers and get Rob's opinions on that. Don't forget. The show is part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network, along with the Turn 2 Podcast, which is hosted by Matt Williams, a fellow Rotofanatic person in arms. And we have great series going on right now called High to Low, where we take a player and we get two different people, one who's high on him and one who's low on him. And they both write a little bit in the article and they go head to head. And I just did one that you can find on rotofanatic.com about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., where I was high on him. And Paul Mamino was low. So check that one out on rotofanatic.com. We'd love to get your feedback. And also follow Paul because he's probably right anyways. He's smarter than I am. P. Mamino Fantasy on Twitter. He is my guy. All right. ADP time. Here we go. Maybe you will draft Ryan Presley. Anything can happen. Uh, if you've never listened to the show, this is your first time. We do ADP breakdowns, ADP conundrums. We give you some players, and then we ask the guests what they think of them. And that's that simple. And our first one is, well, by the way, we use NFBC, and we're going from January 18th to now. So we're 80, NFBC data, 
January 18th to today. So it's not from Jan 1. It's not from back in October. So if you want to follow along, make sure you update the calendar on the NFBC website. Chris Bride versus Tommy Edmond. Rob, between these two guys, who do you like? Or is there a third option? Give it to me. I would pick Edmund um, because... And also, the, also by the way, sorry. Yeah, you can make it league-specific, too, and however you want to... Th- you know what you're doing. Right, Go ahead. Right, I'll shut yeah, up. So, yeah. So right now, that, that's good, though, Mike. I'll, I'll go with that. It's a good it's good context. Um, so right now, drafting and draft and hold leagues, um, the the fact that Tommy Edmund plays four positions in the NFBC, and he's um, probably going to lead off, in, especially in a lineup that just got a little better with Nolan Arenado. So this is an easy decision for me. And if I pivot... <laughs> If I pivot away from that, or if someone has him in this area, I'd go with Wilson Contreras. Oh, okay. Deary, what about you? Yeah, this is a tough one, as I was trying to break it down earlier, but I think the answer is Edmund as well. Uh, He's most likely going to be leading off in St. Louis. Rob mentioned the Arenado move. Uh, High BABIP guy. Look at his 2019. 92 games, 11 home runs, 15 stolen bases, 306 average. A lot of projections have that average a lot lower than that. I think he's a guy who certainly can bat 300. And what I really love about Tommy Edmund, he's not a, a hot, uh, he's not a, a swing and miss guy. So he, he he's high contact. Now where Chris Bryant is being drafted, I actually think there is some value there. Bryant has finally fallen back. I've been off Bryant the last two years, so his AD. ADP drop has been incredible here this year. And obviously that K rate is absolutely unacceptable. I think the Cubs offense bounces back. He still has a really good walk rate, but the problem I have with Bryant is his barrels have dropped every single year since his first and second year in the league. And he's really been having a hard time with the fastball lately. So he needs to switch up that swing, get that bat speed going better. And I think he has the opportunity at about 137 ADP to give you some value, but Edmonds, my guy as well. And you know what, Gary, you mentioned something great that you mentioned earlier in the show. Um, And I'll bring it up. It's like maybe maybe he just needs a change of scenery, you know, like maybe he Uh, will change the scenery bit. You know, it's 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 played out. But I mean, look, he's going through (laughs) a terrible spot with them, like between the grievance and the way they've handled his contract and stuff. And, you know, he probably feels like he's probably taking it personal. I think sometimes that you just need to escape that. And I think it would do him well. And, and I think it might, um, it, I would consider him way more. I think if, if it was in a different spot, but are you saying he, we're all human, we're all human. Who can project the human element in these stats? Nobody. That's the, that, this is see Rob, when that happens and the person who somehow is able to do that, yeah. That's going to be the big money winner. Yeah, that's that going to trump piece. That's going to trump flying. <laughs> <laughs> we found the winner. <laughs> I mean, we're we're going to have Sarah Sanchez on the on the pod, I believe, next week or the week after. So we'll do a lot of next Cubs week. Talk. Yes, and I'd like to know if she thinks that it's a good idea for the Cubs to move Brian. I mean, they've already made a couple other moves. They're kind of in a weird spot. Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to compete? Like I said before, the division is kind of wide open. But like Rob said, maybe, you know, Bryant, a new uh, new area might, you know, bump up his value. And maybe he gets a little more excited about what's going on with his baseball career because it's it's been a tough couple of years here. Well, write right? that down, dearie. Write it down because next week we'll ask that question to her exactly when she's on the show. Chris Bryant, 131. Tommy Edmond, 128. ADP, like we said, since 
January 18th on NFBC. So that's a tough call there. Do your best, everybody. All right, let's move on to the next one. It is Ian Happ versus Victor Robles. Or is there a third option, Rob? What do you go here? Um, oh, man, so these guys are tough. Uh, I think this this question, and, you know, obviously you could probably say this for almost every one of these that you ask, you know, team construction. But I Oh, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Assume I think you that, need an outfielder. Though. Assume you would need an outfielder. Right. So I don't, I don't really draft like that. So what do you mean? Me, like, I don't, I wouldn't just say I need an outfielder here. I think I'm limiting myself to a specific, you know, th- you know, uh, spot um, at that point in the draft, I'm still just taking the best, best bat available that fit my like team as I'm drafting. Um, the thing with Hap is I think I can get a guy like him later on, like with Jock Peterson or Cole Calhoun. I think they have a similar profile. So I'm not, I'm probably not reaching for a guy like Cap in that spot. And Robles, I mean, if he can go back to the 2019 form, you know, I think where he goes now is definitely way better than where he was going last year. Um, as people were expecting, you know, that linear growth that doesn't really happen all the time. So I think, think he's young. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would probably go Robles over Hap, but I would probably pivot to Anthony Santander at that spot Ooh. if I had a choice. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Deary, quick response to that? <sighs> oh, with Santander? No, just a Hap or no, Robles Hap. or third option. Uh, I, I think it's Hap. Uh, when he connects with the ball, he absolutely crushes it. He's one of my guys I think is going to break out this year. 12 home runs in 56 games. Last year, he's probably going to lead off for them. 47.8 hard hit rate last year in, in just 56 games. And the thing with Robles, he just doesn't hit the ball hard. He's an excellent line drive hitter, pulls the ball probably too much, but he doesn't barrel it up or hit it very well. Uh, you know, when he does hit, he just doesn't hit it that hard. He started his breakout in 2019, which was encouraging. And if the stolen bases are there, if he can, you know, play 140 games and has a chance to steal 32 or 35 bases, he has, he has a good chance. But I think Ian Happ is my guy because I think we're looking at a big breakout with Ian Happ this year. All right, fine. That's the way it is. I, I respect it. I love your guys' opinions. That's why this is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Never you talk. forget. Give me two. <laughs> Kenley Jansen. Kenley. He's aging. Versus Taylor Rogers, who just had his situation get a little more difficult. Rob, I know you don't ever limit yourself by positional situations because you always keep your mind open for the best value possible, but... Let's say that you were thrown into this situation where it was Rodgers or Jansen. Would you pick one of them, or would you go with a third option? Um, I I would go Jansen over Rodgers. I guess really? over over a situation right now. Just even even though I expect Rodgers to keep at least fifty percent of the saves. Um, don't you don't think, think Jansen's kind of falling apart here? I mean, the, you don't worry about velocity decreases or anything like that? Um, it's a factor, but it, it's still like the bigger picture to me doesn't spell like immediate. He's not going to be the guy. I mean, I think the skills got to erode a little more. You know, people want to get hyper-focused on the fact that he didn't close in a World Series. And I get it, but that's where it becomes a, a super micromanaged game. It's a hyper-focused event where – one simple bad at bat or two bad at bats the inning pr- the game prior leads to you know a guy like as you know uh robert who's going to be really aggressive in saying i'm going to go with you know a different player here um i don't think that carries into a full season where 
you know, you're looking for a, a, a solid closer option. And I, I'd probably go Jansen because that route. But I'm not picking closers in this area at all anyway. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not a spot. This whole point is moot. <laughs> I, yeah, I shop earlier, but like rarely, but mostly later than this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's fine by us. Uh, let's do one more here. Deary, how about this one? Tommy Pham, mm. Will Myers, or Eddie Rosario? Both of these, mm. all three of these guys are kind of clumped together. Which of the three do you prefer? Or is there a fourth option? I think it's Tommy Pham. If Tommy Pham can stay healthy, I think he's going to give you more of the five-tool stats. I do not believe in Will Myers at all. I know he had an excellent shortened season last you year. And something that he did last year that was incredible is he was really hitting the ball when it was above the zone, something that he had never done before. And something that he always does is always chases, chases stuff above the zone. So I'm not a Will Myers fan. I don't know what to believe with Eddie Rosario. So he's someone I'm definitely going to stay away from Tommy fam. Not a guy I was into last year, uh, started out really great and then he got injured. And I think he has the opportunity. Obviously it's a fantastic lineup and I think he's going to be able to give you those 20 to 25 stolen bases if he's healthy. Really interested to find out where he's going to bat in that lineup. Do you guys have any inclination where he's going to bat in that lineup? Is it going to probably be more of the six or seven, or is he going to be slotted up near the top? Rob? Ah, uh, man. Who can say? My, yeah, my yeah. comfort my comfort level and my comfort level takes me to Eddie Rosario. Um, hmm. uh, this guy's just been a monster. Uh, for he's the highest while. of the three in ADP right now. Between yeah, them. yeah, I, I'd be on the Eddie Rosario train. It's just um, fam. Um, not knocking the other two guys at all either. Because no, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, because um, but I'm just a little worried about the congestion of players and SD, and if it's just a again just a really ultra managed, balanced situation. And I think fam's the um injury history might leave them to be a little more safe with him, you know, and, and get him more time away, you know, from the field. And yeah, Myers just, uh, I loved them last year, um, you know, in the two twenties, two forties. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah that's but, um, how you win a league right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what, what's the ADP on Myers right now, Mike? I know well, currently right now, Myers is in between. He's one twenty seven. Okay. And then Rosario's jumped way up at 119, and Fam is last. Fam used to be the top of the three in ADP for a while here in the offseason, but that has now been flipped. The script has been flipped. And there you go. That's it. Those are ADP conundrums. You know, they're all league specific, and we know that it's a flawed segment because we don't give you a team layout already, and we don't give you a league specifically. It's just no, kind of a game. Nothing we like you to play. do. Oh, I got to go. I got to go, I gotta go a little better. I got to go back to this one real quick uh, about Kenley Jansen. Is there any chance that Bruzdal Gratterall ends up taking that job within the next year or two? Not this year. No way. Okay. I'm, that's my opinion. I really believe Blake Trinan's the guy who's going to kind of rise up in here, but that's mm-hmm. my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I don't see. I don't know. He's not the prototypical. He's almost like the Alex Colome, you know, type, like where it's not blow away stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I think they tend to go to, like more coaches now. But I don't know. I think he's a nasty breaker. I mean, I like I like a lot of the guys that like Victor Gondalas is a guy that I think you got to keep an eye on, too, like especially, um, you Dennis know, Santana. And, what if he's not starting? There's a lot of guys in that yeah. in there. A ton yeah, of they, guys. yeah, they're set up well if Kenley does not 
if if he can't take care of business. Corey Knable, former some, dominant closer right. in Milwaukee, he's going right. to be in the mix now. So yeah, so they, they've definitely set themselves up if, if Kenley, you know, continues to struggle, which I think he will. All that supports Rob's point. What he said a little while ago. I'm going to wait on closers. Take a bunch mm-hmm. of those guys. See who rises to the top. You're going to end up getting guys, especially if it's a draft and hold where you're drafting a bunch of guys, 50 roster. There's relievers in there who will end up being like at the bottom of your roster who will end up closing. It just happens, right, Rob? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. That was fun. Good times. Noodle salad. All right, now this segment here is about ADP risers. These are players that have risen from December to January. They were once, you know, they were once not as hyped. Now they're getting more hyped. They're rising. And that's what we're doing here. So, Rob, I don't want to cover all these guys in great detail, but we've got a list here, and I'd like you to tell me a couple that you'd like to be legitimate players that you're going to be focusing on now, already were, or that you're like, I'm not buying this rise in hype. I have no interest. Uh, wh- what do you make of this list here? Um, uh, so... It's an interesting list, Mike. You, I, I see Ahmad Rosario. I don't know, you know, Indians. They may trade him to the Reds. Who knows? But I think, I think that, I think that you take a chance with with him as as a twenty five year old who I don't think skills just disappeared. And I think the fifteen fifty capability in the lineup every day it, it, it might it might benefit you. Josh Bell is not a, a, a place that uh, I usually shop at either. Um, I know he's put way too many ground balls for a power hitter, and um, he just had like extreme extreme swings in his standard deviation launch angle. Um, it, it's just too wild for me. It's not consistent to me. It tells me he's not a consistent, you know, swinger, and I don't, I don't want that. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a place I shop for first base. Amir Garrett, um, yeah, it's too much stuff happening. I don't believe the rise. I mean, he tweeted that he's the man. And I think like that, that might've influenced some pickers. <laughs> poor move. Yeah. Yeah. Poor move. And yeah, it might've influenced some ADP. Who knows? I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, Corey Kluber, not going there. Um, may have it back again. And he was um, amazing at one point, one of the best pitchers that I've seen um, hands down. And, but I, I don't think he gets back there. I just, Skip, go go another round. Craig Kimbrell, I I mean, he ended up the season pretty well last year. Um, his K and walk rates are kind of, um, you know, waning a little bit. And it's definitely a situation you want to look at. But I don't know. I think the reliever pool reflects that. The uncertainty in the relievers reflects his ADP rise. Because I think that as uncertain as he is, he's one of the most certain things, which is wild. Um, Andre Jimenez, yeah, I'm all over him. He's a Met fan. I watched him. He's a baseball player. He does everything well. He's staying on the field. If they send him to the minors, they're fucking stupid. <laughs> Sorry. That's, if that's, that's my getting mad thing. Like, that's that's whack talk. Like yeah. he, He's already one of their best players. So uh, I don't well, bottom, I don't, you. By the way, uh, real quick, Rob, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Ryan Bloomfield is uh, watching the show right now. What's up, Ryan? He was on the show last week. This guy's hey, a Ryan. smart dude. And Ryan, you get a haircut? Yeah, no, no haircut for him yet. I love Ryan. But awesome. It's funny that he showed up because this segment we're doing is focused on his tweet that he put out, which was yeah. the ADP risers and fallers from December to January. So just want to give Ryan the shout out that he deserves because he's the inspiration for this segment. He deserves more. He deserves an F- FSWA award give it to bloomfield 
Give Zay, it to Bloomfield. The best writer in the business. Hands there down. It is. There it is. Ryan, you can't argue with genius. End of story. Look at that. Yeah, so tip of the cap from old yeah, Rob. Tip DeFee. of the cap to Bloomfield, baby. All day. <laughs> it's my guy. Love him. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. Anything else no. on that? No. Okay. Ryan Perfect. Good. Ryan Bloomfield, not an interruption. He should be a no. part of every show. He should question. be a part of every show. He <laughs> question, question for you, Rob. Would you rather yeah. have Jimenez, Paul DeYoung, or Chris Taylor? Jimenez. All right. Yeah. Is it all about stolen bases with him? Do you think he's going to have a chance to get 500 at-bats there? And is he also going to possibly lead off for them? I mean, I think there is a path to 500 stolen base. I mean, 500 at-bats. Wow, that's a hell of a career, I will say. But I think that even in 400, like um, in right now for like a draft and hold um, style um, roto league, even the 400, I think, provides 25 stolen bases. Um, and in, 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 in Roto, when it's just lo- like, it's just, he's not a drag on you. That's the thing. He's such a solid hitter. You know, he's not Malik Smith. He, he's, he, he, he showed a lot of drive too. like, he, I think his power metrics may not going to explode this year, but they're going to slowly rise. Cause he's filling out. He's got a great swing. Yeah. I mean, I just love everything about him. All right, as Rob's a, seen him more than any of us, so I, I would take a, your word. Yeah, yeah, I just, you know, it was a sad thing to see him go. You know, it was great to get Francisco, uh, but, you know, he's just a great player. He's going to be around for a long time. Directly from Rob DiPietro's mouth, there it is. Talking about some ADP risers who made the move. And that's it. We just want to get some quick takes on those. This is the Hey, it's the Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. This is where we switch gears. We get into Rob's Fantasy Foundation. Now, this is a series we've been doing since the turn of the new year. The calendar flipped over to 2021. And the Palazzo Podcast as a unit said, Hey, we're getting serious. We want to get inside the brains of the brightest and the best. It's not a revelation necessarily a lot of pods are trying to do this but we're just trying to do it to the best of our ability and now that we have rob with us who knows what he's talking about we're going to do that with him we've done it with chris towers we've done it with alex chamberlain we've done it with ryan bloomfield we've done it with everybody so rob same question i always ask right off the bat what is the first thing you do when you set down for a new year of draft prep is there one thing that's going to be done first before anything else So because of the way I draft closers and like to draft closers, it's the first thing I dive into. And it's the first thing I dove into this year. Here's the earliest I've ever played draft. Last year was my first year playing draft champions. And I, I saw the popularity of drop uh, of drafting early. And um, so once I got into it, drafting early, I think, you know, I tend to, you know, wait on closers and try to, you know, get the next best arm that I see um available. So I think that leads me to prep for bullpens first. So I can know where I can take late steps and, you know, take care, uh, take advantage of the market inefficiencies at the time of early drafting. How did you win the DC overall? How did you, is there a reason, one particular reason, or is it a, just a myriad of uh, tons a, of work and listening to other people and experience? Such a myriad. Yeah. Such a myriad. I, I, uh, it's, I, I wanted to, so this year I'm drafting a little different than I've normally drafted in home leagues. And um, I'm usually a batter guy. I went batter like heavy in, in, in the league I won, 
but I think it was like reflective too of the, like the market I saw played out. I know I wanted two heavy pitchers to give me like length and K upside and Bauer and Lynn were going in the fifth in the seventh round um, at the, at the time I drafted. And so I wanted to, I studied the ADP and I just tried to pick a spot where I thought would maximize me getting a good chance of getting both of those guys. So, um, so that was the first start. I mean, I, I did Trevor story and Freeman on the start and they, like, they held my, they held my batting down tremendously and getting those two arms like Lynn and Bauer who threw as much as anyone who struck out as much as anyone that late was key. And, um, the biggest key might've been though, Ryan Presley, um, and Matt Barnes, which I took, yeah, which I took in the, um, let me see right here. I took them in the 25th and the, the uh, 26th round. So pick 372 and 379 last year. And they, so I played to win the, the league, you know, I wasn't playing to beat the overall. And I felt that if I could, my, like my attack was finished somewhere in the middle with speculating on saves and just try to be in the top three and everything else on offense and, and defense, uh, offense and defense, offense and pitching. we got dog hill. Yeah. Um, so love dogs. hold on a second. Let me close this door real quick. No problem. We love dogs on the show, Rob. Everybody knows that. Well, yeah, that was right? huge. Osuda goes down and Presley just slots right in. So that was like, and you said, Rob, you said 25th round with Presley. Yeah. 25th. Yeah, I was just mentioning to Mike, Osuna goes down and Presley just moves right into that role. And, you know, a guy like Trevor Story, Trevor Story had 15 stolen base last year. I don't, I don't right. think anyone saw 15 out of him, maybe eight or nine. Right. right. He was one of my top offensive guys on the board. Um, usually is every year. Um, but that, yeah, that, like that, that helped me win the overall. We just, uh, Presley and Barnes falling in because if they didn't have as many saves, I probably wouldn't have had you know, gotten the most overall points for sure. Um, and, and another two guys, um, round 29 and 31, you know, pick 432 and 462 is a Cabrera and Chris Taylor in a short season. I, you know, I drafted on March 6th, so I didn't know it was going to be a short season, but it ended up helping me so much in that short season because they played almost every day and Chris Taylor was awesome. So, um, getting the, that, that, that production that late. And then my two biggest, my two biggest targets in later rounds last year and pretty much in my home leagues and NFBC was Hey Oscar and Burns. I just loved their skills for where they were getting drafted. And I went up two rounds at the time to get Hey Oscar. He was going like in the three thirties and I went up to three twelve to get him and Burns. Um, I got in round 30. So pick four thirty nine, and he returned about $21 of value at that at that pick so it was just a multitude of things and this is with Jordan Alvarez my third pick not playing <laughs> oh wow yeah Dude, that is that is a great story man that's yeah. so cool I'm so happy for you I mean couldn't happen to a better dude and you, you know you also put in the work and you you made a lot of those right choices so they worked out for you Jordan Alvarez it shows you you can make a mistake higher up and still overcome it if you win those middle and late rounds right right Absolutely. Yeah, not that it was a mistake. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is awesome either, but he, yeah. Yeah. He went to hell. He got sick. He's an <laughs> ill man. He has very old knees, and his life is not easy right now. But we wish you the best, Jordan. Hopefully, he'll have a bounce back season in 2021. Uh, this is a redundant question, maybe, but what's the importance of league strategy 
you know, besides knowing, obviously it's, you want to know what your league is about, but is there a piece here that is more important that we should know about? Um, like in terms of the specific league that, that, that are available to play in or, yeah, or, or like when, when you sign up for a league, sometimes yeah. I, th- I feel like people take that for granted and they, they take a rankings or a projections that they've done or someone else has done and they just apply it improperly. Um, yeah. I, I guess I was yeah. trying to stress the point and have up, you reiterate that. Yeah, signing up for leagues is done improperly. You know, like you get into a draft chat and it's someone asks, what are the rules? Or you get into a best ball, like, <laughs> what, what's the scoring system? You know, even if you're paying $10, like, I don't know. I don't know. The, that's my first big advice is like, don't like, don't sign up or a draft and get into it. And then as it's going, start pulling up rankings. You've first seen the whole, like the whole year, like, I don't know, learn the league rules. Like you have yeah. to know the league rules, how many teams there are, what the player pool is like. Cause you can't really evaluate players unless you know the player pool, you know? So it's just the simplest thing. It's just read the rules and then sign up for it. Like when you feel ready, you know? Okay. Unless you got money to burn and you're just like, I'm just getting to the draft champions. You know, I don't know. Like maybe some people have it like that, but I'm, I, I don't do things on a whim like that. Yeah. I, I find it as a massive headache. And let's say you play in three to five different leagues that all have different rules, different categories, and it just changes all of the ADPs right. and changes all of your projections. Try oh. to find as many leagues that have the same exact cats, maybe even same exact amount of teams, and you're going to really set yourself up for success, or you're going to end up having to do way too much work. Right, right, right. Yeah. Maybe that there's one so common cool. thing that you, you know, like you just want to let skills, you know, skills always rise to the top, you know, so throughout all leagues that you're playing, you know, you you want to find things that that you feel comfortable, like the things that really, like you feel the metrics that are, or the metrics that you like to go to and that are proven to show solid players. And, you know, just, yeah. Rob, tell us someone we should know that we don't know about in the fantasy baseball analysis world. Oh, so there's a new writer on SP Streamer. His name is Josh St. Marie. I hope I'm saying his name right. And he's a wonderful young man. He just he just wrote an awesome um, – he's written a couple articles at spstreamer.com. And his second one was a pretty cool dive on how Cody Bellinger, um, you know, his last 16, I think, games of the year, he batted sixth. And he was just saying, what if he just bats six next year? Or not the whole year, but he sprinkled in. He, you know, he's very math savvy, stat savvy. So he he had a formula for identifying, you know, what the player, what a production is at the sixth hole. And what if he just, you know, applied his per game averages to that and say, hey, like, look at this line. And it wasn't that pretty. So it was pretty cool dive. And um, again, he wasn't saying like, this is going to happen, but it, it was a cool, like, what if situation so if you're not on spstreamer.com for obviously you know way more than that mike's doing great great stuff there um and he's uh yeah so cool new writer i would definitely check that out josh saint marie is his name dude great call here you can follow him on twitter at j28 st marie m-a-r-i-e so that's a or the at j28 saint marie s-t-m-a-r-i-e josh saint marie very cool his lead pinned tweet is an article called Using Mario Party to Win Your Draft. <laughs> oh, that's, that's another that's another 
That's yeah, another I, that's great, what I said, dear. Yeah, <laughs> another great article. Yeah, phenomenal. Cool. Really that's cool what, mind. Yeah. Awesome. Josh A. Marie, everybody go follow him. Check out his work on spstreamer.com. Uh, do mock drafts help you? Because mocks are pointless, right? Mocks are pointless. Yeah, mock against yourself. <laughs> like That's what um, I learned from Phil, uh, Phil Dussault. Um He mocks against his versus the ADP. So he picked different spots in 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 the order of uh, of a draft, goes through his rankings, goes through ADP, and he does it over and over. And then it's like, okay, I like this spot. I like drafting on this spot, and I'll get my guys in this spot. And I think that's awesome. Like, that blew my mind, and it makes total sense. And So, so wait, so I, he – he does mock draft or no, he does he it himself, against himself against himself in Excel. He just makes a formula oh. and he goes through, you know, each spot and he, just, at the yeah. end of doing four or five <laughs> runs from different spots in the ADP, you can kind of see, okay, I can get this team and I like that team the best. And that that'll determine where to pick from and who you want, you know? So, so he's cool. just mocking against himself then. Right, yeah. Versus the versus the versus the market, you know, which mm. tends to happen. It's so it's such a great practice. I did it. I did it before my last draft, and it. I'm um, I'm usually good about mapping out. You know, I think you can map out like different ways, but I think that way was really. Um, you really get to see it. You know. Beautiful. Great yeah. call. Yeah, I, I don't know Phil as well. I, I know who he is, and I respect what he does. Yeah. Obviously, but that's. That's the kind of insight we want to have on this show. Very, very cool. So having said that, you kind of mentioned Phil, but is there anybody else or an entity? You mentioned SP Streamer, but something, somebody else or a place, a magazine, a website, a magazine. Oh, there's still magazines. That's so dumb. That you trust. <laughs> a publication that you get on a Sunday Yeah, a publication, afternoon. right. A that you trust for fantasy advice. Who do you go to besides yourself that you really rely on for their fantasy wisdom? And it could be a couple people if, if it's more than one. Yeah, so my core um, originated with Baseball HQ and Ron Chandler and Ray Murphy, Brent Hershey, Ryan Bloomfield, all the writers they have there. They're just awesome. That's how I got into analytics. Um, I was just like a casual fantasy baseball player, and someone at work introduced me to the baseball forecaster, and I, I was hooked. So it's a heavy-based Baseball HQ, Ron Chandler. I use his Babs um, system of drafting um, to help me in my draft prep. So um, that's that's my main – that's the core. And then, you know, yeah, I mentioned Phil. Um, Toby is phenomenal. The way he breaks down players and, and stats and the what stats mean. I think that's what I learned the most – um, when I really started getting heavy into like, um, cause you can go to Fangraphs glossary or you could just hear Toby describe it, which is way better. Um, <laughs> so shout out to Batflip crazy, you know, um, so, and then it's just, you know, there's so many, you know, right, Mike, like, uh, I, I respect everybody's right. um, opinion because, you know, we're all doing this awesome microscopic like preparation and 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 filtering of stats and um it's cool that we have so many avenues to go into to get better you know couldn't agree with you more there's no doubt about it we are filled to the brim with all kinds of great people doing wonderful work realize that hey it's a rico plazo fantasy baseball podcast with rob d pietro at deadpool hitter on twitter five stats that you use that you would recommend say, hey, these are the five most important stats that I focus on when I'm doing my analysis and research. Okay, so I start off with it's the baseball HQ metric. Um, it's the power index. It's called the power metrics, um, and it's basically um, 
revolves around hard hit fly balls and line drives. And it, it, so it's basic. It was like stack cast before stack cast. To me, you know, this okay. is something that when I, you know, understand what barrels and everything else is, it's just in a similar boat, you know, but I'm just comfortable with this metric and, and the way to identify that talent. So it's a staple of mine that I use. I also love the Baseball HQ contact metric. Um, it's a little different than other contact metrics that you'll see. What they do is the, their formula is at-bats minus strikeouts divided by walk. So it's not so much how much you're swinging and missing, it's how much you're actually, you know, using it to get on base versus striking out. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of my go-to zone contact for both hitters and pitchers, I think is extremely useful. Um, it's a big reason why I'm very high on like Lucas Giolito, even guys like Ryan Yarbrough, like they, their their in-zone work is is pretty and pretty impressive. Because again, that's an intuitive thing, right? If they're getting into the zone and and there's 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 less contact it's it's something's working with that picture so i like that <laughs> yeah um you got your k minus bb which is you know um extremely classic useful. yeah classic and then for an extension of that it's um another thing that baseball hq highlights is ball percentage and there's like a correlation between ball percentage um and two expected walks so they have an expected walk um, metric. And so like, for example, I think the numbers, like if their ball percentage is, uh, like 36 percent, you can expect like 8% walk rate. And so when you see that, if, if, if that ball percentage is any higher or lower and it doesn't reflect in their real walks, you know, they have an expected walk metric that kind of shows, okay, like he should have put on more batters or less. So, um, it's something I really love to go to. Wow, that's very cool, man. That's so cool. Uh, a couple more questions, and we'll move on here. This is great stuff, by the way. Yeah. Again, another show we're going to have to go back, and I'm going to have to listen to by myself so I can absorb <laughs> all this. Uh, projection systems, mean anything to you, or do you not take them too seriously? I, I do take them seriously. Um, to, I don't... How important are they to your draft decisions, though? They are probably – they are somewhat important. Yeah. Okay. I'm more of a, like a skills-based drafter. Like I said, I use like the Ron Chandler and the baseball HQ Mayberry method, which like identifies skills. And then I use the projections to like kind of guide me and keep me honest of my player skill evaluation. And lately to um, this past off season, I learned the SGP formula and how that's uh, applied to player evaluation. So I've been trying to use that. Um, like I've, I've added it to my toolbox and, evaluating the impact that players have um, on the ratios, the category, the roto categories per se. So, yeah, I mean, it's useful, you know, just, to, just don't live and die by them, you know, just make sure, make sure you really understand what the player skills are saying. And, and obviously the better they are displaying it, the better their projections might come through. I agree with that. I do agree with you. You are a wise man. Um, ADP. What is the value to you? Just that you know where other people are going to be looking at certain players, or do you find it to be kind of a fraud at times because ADP goes out the window in a lot of drafts, especially with people who are high-stakes players and are really investing a lot of money in this stuff? Yeah, right. You know, that's that's what it is. It's a collective group think. It's what people have been doing. It doesn't mean what it's what you should do, you know. Um Again, it, and it comes down to team construct, right? So as the draft's going, we're not always going by the, by the best 
player available sometimes we're thinking of the best fit so yeah mm-hmm. it's it gets construed a little bit um i say the best way you could take advantage of it is to find the adp understand where you can get guys and then if you have rankings and if there's a player going you know average adp of 120 and you have him as the 100th ranked player you know that in that area you know you can say all right i'm comfortable taking him at 100 like because this is where i have him but you also know that if you get him at 120, he's that much of a value in your eye because you had him ranked higher, you know? So it's useful in, in those ways. Uh, the, it seems like best ball is blowing up, the rise of best ball. Mm. Are you a big-time best ball player? Do you agree with it being something that seems to be becoming more popular? Or were you always playing the game? What's your take on the best ball as of today? I think it's awesome. I mean, <laughs> I just think it's another thing to try to conquer, right? It's another thing to try to, to best. It's another thing to you know, use as player evaluation, another strategy to come up with. So I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I started playing this year. I played football in recent years, which is great. I yeah. think it's, you know, it's super, it's super effective. It makes it more enjoyable. And, you know, it's not like 1.30 p.m. Your team, you know, three guys got hurt and you're out. And it's like, oh, you can't enjoy it. So I do love it. And I love how there's different areas to play it. You know, I've gotten into an NFBC one. I had a pole hitter, listener league and listener slash analyst league. It was pretty cool. So we had fun doing that. We we recapped the drafts. And, um, yeah, you know, then, you know, Brian Seymour, he, he had a podcast that's dedicated to it. And Derek Rhodes has a bunch of great tools that you could use. Um, you know, Todd Zola also has awesome tools that you could use to, um, you know, help better your understanding of how to evaluate players. If you're not Excel savvy, you know, find one of these guys who has uh, a spreadsheet available, you know, and, and use it, you know, cause I'm not super spreadsheet savvy. So I, I, I take all that time that it would take me to establish a point ranking system, a rating you know, uh, a formula and I just let them do the work and support them. Like all the work that all the great work they do, you know? So, and I think it's great. Yeah. We're going live tomorrow night. Um, Brian Seymour, Derek Rhodes, um, me, Torres takes, uh, Simeone, Doug ish. Uh, yeah. So we're going to do a live BB 10, um, live, um, for everyone to come check it out. It should, it should take direct tested it out with Brian. It took about two hours to finish a BB 10, uh, standard draft. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. So yeah, I like it. I, I love it. Great. Yeah. I mean, Rob, what's fun. your fit? Fa- Rob, what's your favorite type of league to play in? Is it a best ball? Is it a roto? Uh, do you even consider head to head anymore? I do. Cause my home leagues are still head to head. So I still have that love for it too, because, Again, like it's another, you know, way to evaluate players and strategize, you know. Um, I have become more Roto, love for Roto recently. Um, I, I feel like it's definitely the best way to play. Um, that probably started about five or six years ago when I got into a league. Um, and it's, I'm like, yeah, this is, this, is, this is the best way to play. But I love it all. I love Dynasty. I love point systems, you know. Do it all, man. Give me, give me, give me. Give You're me. a champion, man. You do it all. Do it all. Auction keeper league. That's the best. That's my favorite. That's why my home league. Forty leagues. Who cares? Hey, boy, yeah, I give yeah. Shit. I Derek and Brian. Yeah, you guys are doing great stuff. I've saw the live draft last night. I checked in for a little bit. I also owe Derek Rhodes an apology. I signed up on a Fantrax best ball of fifty, and uh, I fucked up. It's a disaster. I uh, fucked up. Where's that I drop? Auto, Where's the I fucked up drop? Come on. I, I, I spent money. Uh, oh, fuck it, idiot. 
yeah, this is who I am. That's, I'm that's a me. fucking idiot. That's me. That's right. I am a fucking idiot. I made a mistake. I let auto picks happen. I spent fifty dollars to basically piss it away because I got four relief pitchers auto drafted after I had already had a bunch of pitchers late in the draft. So, Derek Rhodes, I owe you an apology, and I am better than that, and I will do better than that. I was a little overextended. And I made some mistakes. But now I don't have a job anymore, so I can fully commit. And I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. Uh, last question, Rob. Uh, the 2021 season coming off the 2020 shortened season, how are you looking at pitchers with innings pitched? What's your strategy? We we know we're going to have six-man rotations in teams, so we're just looking at that? Or do you have another insight beyond that? Yeah, it's... Or is it a mystery still? Is it still it's tough? It's so unknown. It's so it's unknown. So, I feel like it's tough it's a tough thing to tackle. Um, I fear that, yeah, teams are going to go six man, um, which to me, this, you know, the basic thing I stress is, is, is why to go pitchers early. Um, when you take a look at the, like the, like the full length arms that you might get and the, like the quality of them, it's just, there's not too many guys, you know? And I think that's why it's happening now. Like, I think people are, are just hedging on like, oh, is just everyone just copycatting themselves? No, everyone's just understanding that it's the most comfortable way to draft maybe, you know? Like so, the battle of the podcast draft? <laughs> right, right. You know, so, uh, you know, I don't know. So speaking of Phil, again, he has a segment on my podcast. I don't know if you heard it called the robot segment. And I've also tweeted it out. And he's just breaking down data on specific um, either metrics or how to, you know, project something. And he did some innings pitch work and he just pulled out some data showing how like guys like uh, in non-injured seasons went from short spans to like long, like from 30 innings to a 180, like with no problem. Like it, it has happened, you know, so it's not like it can't happen again. And another thing, that um, I learned too was um, like batters face per inning, like how many, so even breaking down the micro level of, you know, how many um, innings pitch per start and even seeing how long it's taken them to actually get through an inning. It's a, another robot robot segment that you could find on the pull hooder pod, but I tweeted out too. If you just check out Phil's line, uh, timeline of mine, he's got some great breakdowns on strike on, on how to try to, forecast innings pitch this year so it's a good way to break it down uh batters face per inning you know and try to you know ex- you know try to forecast their innings that way so it's pretty, it's pretty cool yeah that's awesome rob yeah that's what we're talking about yeah. there it is you, know, you can learn from everyone that's the thing like no 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 keep your you know keep your ears open and that's <laughs> that's the thing like you know even if it's not something you might agree with like, you know, just at least absorb it and see where the other person's coming from, you know, and then decide if you want to. And and, and you don't have to, you know, really defiantly go against that person or that 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 way. Just say, oh, OK, yeah, you may be right. Or you may be wrong. Like we're that's the way this fantasy baseball game is. Right, guys? Like we're not right all the time. This is such a crock of shit. Shit. Well, <laughs> in the no, end, Mike, can no, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I need to make, you need to make, can you make me something with that little machine? Can you make a phrase? Yeah, I, I can oh, do a lot of things. I can do anything you want. You got a movie clip, you got something you want, I can get it to you. Because you know my, my, you know, my, my, my send off on my podcast, right? I need, maybe I need to record myself just like saying it in, in an extreme way. Yeah, I could just pop them up. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. right, all right. I know a guy. Hey, 
Hey, <laughs> yeah, talk, talk he's to me the guy offline. Behind I'll, the guy. Yeah, he's, I'll take care of you. He's guy a guy. The guy. <laughs> there it is. Okay, that's cool. Thank you, Rob, for sharing. I know you didn't give away everything in the closet there, but you did give us a lot of insight, and I know that will help everybody who's listening to the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is why we do it. So hopefully you can Amen. take this and, like you said, absorb it, take what you want, leave the rest. It's up right. to you in the end. Now, it's time for Shine or Red the Pine. This is where I give you projections, and you're going to say Shine, you'll take the over, or you'll ride the pine under. Yes. Let's do it. And today, uh, we love him. He's one of our personal favorites. At least he's my personal favorite. And as soon as Deary gets to meet him, he'll soon become one of your personal favorites, Deary. Steve Paulo's Stomper Projections. Uh, you know Steve Paulo at all, Rep? No. He's a good dude. He lives on the West Coast. He's very far away from you, but he's a really solid American, does his own projections, and he's a really smart dude. He's a computer science master, so he knows a lot of shite. And today, you can go to stomperprojections.com. Check them out. They're kind of aggressive, so I'm going to be very fascinated by how these play out. All right, you ready, Rob? Sure. Of course you are. You're always ready. How about this guy, Alex Bregman? You heard of him? I heard of him. <laughs> Alex Bregman. Seems like people are harsh on him. I don't. I know why. It has to do with the cheating scandal. But can we expect more than three stolen bases from Alex Bregman this season? Three stolen bases. I'll go over. <laughs> All right. Deary? Yeah, it's a shine for me. Yeah, that seems low, oh, Steve. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, so shine, my bad, I fucked up. You could say whatever you want, Rob, we get the gist. Nobody has I mean, to he, master he was a, them. He was a double-digit guy, what, you know, his first couple of years in the league, and it just hasn't happened the last couple of years, but three stolen yeah, bases, two, that's pretty low. 217-5-0 and zero last year, um, and he's 34 for 44 for his career, and a success rate that usually, that, that, I usually forecast some, you know, some willingness to keep going, and the team giving them the green light. So, I yeah, I, I'm going yeah over three. Even it's the reason you're four. drafting Bregman this year is for those five stolen bases he's going to yeah, get. Get the bags. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. 262 batting average or higher, Rob. 262, you said. I did. Yeah, that's shine all day. Oh, shine, oh. It, shine it with a with something nice. Wait a minute, real quick then, because earlier you talked about Josh Bell hits the ball too hard into the ground. Is there a difference between him and Vladdy? Yeah, Vladdy's just ready to take that step. It's a a complete different thing than Josh Bell. Because he's Uh, younger and he's maturing and Josh Bell's 28 years old now. I I think he's got a more repetitive swing, um, a more repeatable swing. Josh Bell drops his hands and then he does this weird twitchy thing. And that's, I think, and so that, and honestly, he just had a stretch in 2019 that was just ridiculous and that really yeah. still sticks in people's head but yeah vladdy he's 21 or 22 and he hits the ball way harder than josh bell and yeah it goes into the ground a lot but i think you can you can't teach 115 exit exit you can't teach exactly. that so i think he's just got a lift and yeah 262 all day you basically just laid out the case that i laid in the article for the high low today on vladdy guerrero jr which yeah. you can find on rotofanatic.com Deary, how about you? Tis 262 or higher. He's going to be shining Mr. Miyagi's classic cars all day. It's two, It's it's 280 or above would be my projection. I, I think he's going to have a monster season. Wow. Okay. Amen, well. Amen to that, Deary. 
<laughs> That's a no-brainer. Look at me. What do I know? I'm just a silly little podcast host. All right. Gene Segura of the Philadelphia Phillies. Nine steals. Rob, are you going to shine or ride the pine? Nine steals. Gene Segura, nine steals. Phillies. Oh, my God. I'm going to go. <laughs> this is a good one. This is definitely the hardest one. This is the most, I think, realistic one that you've given us. So, um, but uh, I want to say, you know what? I'm going shine, baby. Ooh. Feeling optimistic today. I like that. Shine it. Shine it. What about you, Deary? Nine steals or more? This guy used to be double-digit steals, no problem. You know, 20 and above, no problem. Nine, that seems right on. Uh, I'm going to the let's go, let's go below on this one. Come on, Deary. <laughs> That's what we want. Show. Hey, Rob, we want divisiveness on this show. We want to have an argument. Right, no, I'm right. just kidding. We don't. But if you do believe in what you believe in, stick to your guns. Play, Next play. player on the board, Steven Strasburg, 161's IP. Rob. Over. Shine. Wow. That's what I love to hear that. That's going to be good news for one of my DCs. Uh, Deary, what about you? A 161 innings pitch for Steven Strasburg. God damn, I love Steven Strasburg, and I get so frustrated when he has arm issues, hand issues. Oh, man. This is tough. This is life. I'm going to go ride the pine. They're going to try to keep him healthy for the end of the season because I actually think they're going to have a shot out there in the East, especially if the playoffs expand. So I'm going to go ride the pine, but it's not going to be because of any type of injuries. I think they're going to hold back on him a little bit. Good. I like it. Very good. Sound reasoning. Yeah. And Drelton Simmons, a new member of the Minnesota Twinkies, Rob. Can we expect him to score 65 or more runs? 65 or more runs. I will go. I'll, I'll, I'll go with first pine. I'll first pine it. Got to pine it. Yeah, we got to pine you, it. Do you believe that because he'll be, he'll be low in the batting order? Or you don't expect yeah. him to get enough playing time or a combination? Yeah. No, I, I, I think he'll be in there. Um that definitely think he's gonna play. I just don't think he's gonna get the lineup spot to accumulate enough run scoring opportunities. Then. Okay, that makes total sense. Deary, what about you? Sixty-five runs or more? Yeah, that's sound analysis from Rob. So that's a ride the pine for me as well. Oh shoot. Okay. Well, hey, you know, I respect you guys. You guys have opinions, and they're welcome here on the Hey It's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Sandy Alcantara, hundred and seventy Ks. Rob, 170Ks. Shine uh, or ride the pine? Pine. Pine, dearie. Ride pine. Oh, man. So if it's going to be above 170, I feel like he's pitching a lot of innings and he's having a pretty fucking solid season. I'm not the biggest Alcantara fan. I'm more of a Lopez fan out there. I will go ride the pine, but it's going to be close. Yeah, I mean, he, he had 197 innings pitched in 2019, and he hit 151. And the strikeout stuff didn't really get a lot better. Like, um, you know, I don't know. That's, yeah, I, it's tough. I think Dude, that's that an aggressive tough. projection from Steve. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's not I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Take it. I, <laughs> thank you. I will take it. Uh, Willie Adamas. <laughs> Willie Adamas currently plays for the Tampa Rays. He could be traded, but as of today, the shortstop of the Rays is going to have a 330 or higher OBP. Rob. 
I will go with higher. Shine it. I would shine that as well. Deary, you want to shine it? You want to join in? Yeah, I'll shine it. I'll, uh, we'll make it yeah. a trio over here. <laughs> I have no. I don't think three thirty is a lot to ask for. No reason. <laughs> no reasoning. I appreciate your honesty, Deary. That's one of the best no, things about you. I mean, maybe he just plays. Yeah, maybe he plays sixty games and does well, and then gets replaced by Wander. <laughs> Oof, that could be. Yeah, but he could still have a. If that's the case, if he has a shorter sample, he could have like a four hundred OBP. Who knows? If he plays forty games, Good but he's. Point. Who knows? That's these are the I'm, mysteries. These are the mysteries. I'm not a big Adamas fan. Could end up playing shortstop for the Red still. Who knows? Uh, Austin Hayes, seven steals or more. Rob Austin Hayes, very highly touted player. A lot of injury concerns, but when healthy. A lot of excitement. Seven steals or more. I'll shine. Woohoo! I'd love to hear that. Deary, Austin Hayes? Yeah, he should be uh, near the top of that order. I mean, uh, the Orioles are going to be getting murdered in a ton of games, so he'll, he'll probably get some free bags. So, yeah, we'll go double digits for Mr. Hayes. Justice Sheffield of the Seattle Mariners, former New York Yankee Rob. Now he's out in the Pacific Northwest. Can we expect 11 or more quality starts, Rob? Quality starts? Oh, man, don't get me started about quality starts. Uh, you want to go wins? We'll switch to wins. I don't care. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. okay. No, um, no, 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 no. You know what? I, I, I might lean shine. I think he's going to be right there. I think he's going to be right on the threshold. Oh. Yeah! Right on the threshold. A lot of buzz about him from people I respect. A lot Doesn't of mean he's like going to be great, but you know. Cause well, quality. is eleven quality starts great? If it's a full season, and he starts thirty games. No, less than half of them are QSs. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, Deary, eleven quality starts or more. He's got to start a lot of games. He's got to pitch into the sixth inning a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say ride the pine on that. I think he's an up and comer, but uh, I think we're about a year or two away. The one thing that it might help him. The one thing that might help him is they're rumored to go six man. So he might be, I don't know how that reflects in how long they can throw. Mm. Know, I don't know the data and the science behind that, but to me, well, that that's might, something you should write down and look on. We should start right, working on that. If you're talking about bringing more starters out, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that reflects the pen and everything. So he might be ready to go longer. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a lot's going to have to do with, like, his pitch mix because you look at a guy like Blake Snell where he goes to a 3-2 count on every fucking battery he faces. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Oh, this isn't fair. I don't know if this is updated for Colton Wong, so I'm going to skip that one. Uh, Amir Garrett. This should be easy. Amir Garrett, 20 saves or more, Rob? Pine. Easy pine. Okay. I was just curious. I was just checking. Uh, Deary? Yeah, that's a pine. He's going to lose that job within a couple that's months. A, that's a pine. That's, that's an easy piece of pine. That's a pine. Here's a guy that people like. Ryan Yarborough, right, Rob? Ryan Yarborough. Love Yarbs. Yarborough. That's Can a bloom expect- board specialist right there. He pops up on every bloom board. So you can, couple, you can couple your own good feeling you, you know, about the guy, and then you see the bloom board just weak, just like telling you, yes. Believe because <laughs> it's there. It's on the bloom board. Yeah. Say no more. That's all you got to say is bloom boards. With the it's projection. alliteration at its best. It is. But Ryan Yarbrough, 135 strikeouts or more? More. 
Shine. Oh, wow. Easy. Deary? 135 or more? I haven't really dug into my starting pitching too much, but I think he's going to get a lot of innings. Uh, and I was reading up on him a little bit the other day, and I know Bloomfield is in on him, and Rob is super here in on him here. So, uh, fuck it. Yeah, let's go shine. Why not? Yeah. I'm rooting for the guy. Stefan Crichton of the Diamondbacks. 23 saves or more, Rob. 23. 23? No way. Joaquin Soria is in the house now. Yeah, Pine. You know how many guys have been saving more than 23 given, like, on a year? It's not a lot. And I don't think Stephen, I don't think Crichton is one of those guys. No. Nope. Oh, Deary, 23 saves or more for Stefan Crichton of the Diamondbacks. <sighs> I'm not sure the staff gets to 23 saves. Like Rob said, like, <laughs> not as many guys will draft, will get 23, 23 or more saves in a season. So I don't think their staff does it. So I'm going to say uh, ride the Pine. Okay, fine. Uh, lastly, Spencer Turnbull of our Detroit Tigers. Oh, love turn. What we got? Oh, cool. Hell yeah. 12 quality starts or more this year for Spencer Turnbull. <sighs> These fucking quality start things. Um... <laughs> They're out there, Rob. They're out there. I'll, I'll go I'll go I'll go shine and and, hey! and and I think the only the only route to pine is he gets off to a bad start and maybe they give the young guys a look or maybe he gets off to a good start and gets traded to another team I have no idea but I don't know what that team is doing but I like it I, I and I think he's actually a great target in a draft and hold later on as like an innings eater type nothing special but when you're not relying on him to like be the guy his double start weeks in like a drafting hole league will will be beneficial so theory i know you're taking the over on this right shine yeah Yeah, i'm shining i'm all on turnbill uh as a a tigers fan i think he gives you 30 starts and he may have 15 awful starts but i think he can get 15 quality starts so Well done. Good job, gentlemen. Another successful edition of the Shine or Ride the Pine. And when the season's over, we can come back, play it for everybody, and we can all remember how I love it. intelligent you guys were with your choices. Fine job by all of you. Do we get what? French fries? Fries. <laughs> yeah, you get a, a large order of French fries. If uh, five or more of your projections come true, everybody wins a free order of French fries from Arby's. I will put all of the projections on my magnetic whiteboard that is down here in my basement, and I will keep everyone updated week by week. I love yeah, you, Yeah, now I we're talking. Now we're talking. Because yes. one thing, Rob, to know about Deary, this guy is the master of whiteboards. He really is. This guy yeah. loves putting a bracket together on a whiteboard for a cornhole tournament or whatever, video game tournament, whatever's happening. He loves brackets and whiteboards. All right. Show's almost over, but first we gotta get one. your. I just you gotta go. Oh, you, you just gotta go, one. You gotta go bigger, man. You gotta go bigger. You gotta go bigger. I know. I saw the SP streamer yesterday, Michaels. Let me own. I did see that one. You got a rolling one and it's huge. I just don't have the room here to do that. My wife, I don't think you know, it's gonna go. Rob, Rob they're also so short, a little. Man. They're also a little. They're a little pricey as well, like for the super big ones. So I luckily, I was able to get a couple at work. Yeah, I just got one on the wall over here, Rob. It just hangs on the wall, and it serves me fine. Use, do, use. Maybe the route is the chalkboard paint with the... There you go. There you go. It's time for your tweets and emails because we always want to include everybody in the show because we wouldn't have a show without you. No bullshit. I'm not kidding. It's just not as... 
It's not as fun if we can't engage and connect and learn and share and grow and all that jazz. Here we go. How has Rob's strategy shifted from the first drafts he's done in the offseason until now? Who is this from? This is from the one and only Yancey Eaton. All right, my Jersey Shore excitement. Um, How's my draft change? Uh, so, hmm. It's a great question. Yancey's just so full. He's such an intellectual guy. So put it to him to really press my brain to the max. Um, How has your strategy shifted from the first draft to the most recent one? Even? I would say what shifted is that once this, that the, the closers are getting signed and roles are getting a little more settled. Um, I think that um, my willingness to maybe go up a couple more rounds and I'm more comfortable and getting closers and, and, and getting some. So um, I think that's the biggest difference that I have seen in my drafting. Beautiful. He also says, do you see yourself pushing any players or positions up or down? And are you prior, are you prioritizing certain needs differently than you did when you first started the off season? Um, I'm not prioritizing any needs any differently. Um, and well, sorry, what was the first part of the question? That was, does he see himself pushing any players or positions up or down? Do you see yourself pushing a player or a specific position up or down, Rob? Yeah, um, I think I stress the my comfortability with going starting pitching early, although I can, I, I think I'm comfortable finding routes to go elsewhere. Like I did last year, I just don't feel as comfortable with it. But I think I would push that up. Um, I push um, pushing up the dressing catchers. Um I, I kind of have three different type of strategies, either go early, go middle, or go late. But I think I tend to go early. I tend to go – I like to get a JTR. I like to get a Contreras. I like to get guys like that to form the solid advantage of catchers. Um, yeah. And players? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be heavily invested in Lucas Giolito this year. Um, yes. I'm going to be, well, I already am. Uh, I'm going to be heavily invested in um, Austin Riley. Um, he's a guy I, I think that's going to break out. Um, and, yeah, and Mike Miner, for some reason, is landing on all my teams. And I had a tweet the other night. was like I, I didn't get him in a draft for the first time in a while, and I had a bad feeling in my stomach, and it was weird. I'm like, why do I, why do I feel this way? <laughs> you know, um, but you know, <laughs> he's projected for like this is over like five projecting system for like the 26th most innings pitched, and he's going in the 300. So uh, I feel like if you're playing in one of those leagues where you can't make fab, he's just a perfect guy to scoop up, and you know, he's gonna get you volume where you need it. Okay, that was a great answer. And then finally from John Rally. This is at two out rally JR. That's the number two out rally JR. Thanks, John, for sending in this question. For 2021, what offensive positions do you more commonly find yourself prioritizing early in drafts? And what positions do you find you are happy to wait on? Well, we know uh, he likes to wait on closers. Yeah, early early start on pitching late on closes so probably my my firm and, and 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 in the middle uh you know like 
I think just don't be afraid to be old and boring too, right? Just take guys that are going to play. And you think everyone likes to make this flashy pick, which is cool. Yeah, gonna need I want to make- I wanna be revolutionary. Well, yeah, you could be revolutionary, but you don't have to be at the top of the draft. You know, you can be revolutionary later. You know, like like you guys are saying, talking about that Teoscar in, in around three hundred uh, pick three hundred last year. Like, make the splash there. So I would just say, yeah, early early pitching, early starting pitching, late relievers. Take Boom. Michael Brantley, and you'll All have day. a dependable guy. All dependable day. guys. All day. Yuli Gurriel, Carlos Santana. Boring, but like they play. They're not coming out. <laughs> not coming out. Yeah. Rob, you're so, so right about that. That's beautiful. Thanks for your tweets and emails. They help make a difference in the show, and they are thought-provoking. You guys... You guys make the show go. You're the engine that makes things happen. We want to thank Rob. We are out of time. We have, what, this has been so much fun. I can't believe this, but time flies, and there's other things to do, and life goes on, and yada, yada, yada. But the one thing that will remain, always, is that Rob will be a friend of the show. He's a friend of ours, and we really appreciate you coming on, Rob. Give him the spiel. Tell him what's going on and what they can look forward to on future episodes of... Uh yeah i mean you know yeah like mike mentioned the pole hitter podcast i'm at dead pole hitter um i'm gonna keep it going with a mix of wonderful guests um high stakes players um uh, uh so i have i have in the future coming up i have vlad sadler at the end of the week and um they got some guys from Rotowire and Baseball HQ coming on. So I want to, I'm really like uh, the, the founding fathers of fantasy. You know, I want to hear everyone's <laughs> stories. No, I'm serious. Like I want to hear everyone's stories. I want to, I want to soak up all that knowledge, you know, all that, yeah. all that stuff they have in their brain that I've been reading about for years. Like I just want to sit down and really get to talk to him about it. So, yeah. So, you know, guys like Ron Chandler, Ray Murphy, Brent Hersey, um, got, got Jen's dad, Jeff Erickson, um, Vlad, um, and I'm sure I, I, everyone who I've gotten on once before I want back again. Like everyone who comes on, I'm like, you're coming back, you know? So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I feel like I'm like overwhelming myself sometimes with the schedule, but it's great. It's, it's, it's like the best way to spend time. Like, you know, it's two hours went by and I've had a ball with you guys and I'll do it every time, every night. I know you will, Rob. We do appreciate it. Thanks, man. It's been yep. a pleasure. Uh, go ahead. Deary, tell people what's going on with you lately. Tell people about society. <laughs> yeah, you find me at cdeary99. Uh, I just dropped some rankings in there just the other day. Uh, so you can go check those out. Still working on a, a few other things coming up. I'm going to start diving into starting pitching. But uh, I want to take this time to thank Rob. Rob, you're a friend of the show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. You're one of the greatest guys in the industry. And I certainly look forward to hearing from you soon. I also want to know where I can get some of that Deadpool hitter gear you got. Oh, yeah. yeah, just 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 DM me your addresses, both of you. I'll send them out instantly. I sent out a couple instantly. of tweets like, telling people if you want some swag, just let me know. So um, 100%, just Email me your address, and I'll send it right over to you guys. Hell yes. That magnet? is what we're talking about. You want a magnet? Are you going to put yeah. it on the fridge? Are you going to put it on the fridge? I have a fridge. Deary has a fridge. It's very likely that could happen. Yes. And don't forget, 
don't forget that Rob is going to be potting nonstop, and he's going to be giving you advice, and he's going to be drafting more. He's doing the best ball tomorrow night, Thursday night. Whenever you hear this podcast, if you hear it before Thursday night, he'll be live on the air for that with Brian Seymour and Derek Rhodes and the crew. And I was on the Nasty Cast. Check that out. It was a lot of fun. First baseman preview. Those guys are amazing. Van, Brian, and Ron. Check it out. I also did their fantasy prospects pod. And I, the only thing is, Van, Van, I feel like a dick, but the name is confusing. It's the Dynasty Show. It's I, I can't find it on Twitter either, but it's out there. It happened. We covered the Tigers' top 20 prospects. A lot of fun. Great times. Palazzo Podcast, ProtonMail.com, Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, two L's, two Z's. Thanks for talking to us. We'll see you guys next time. Don't forget that Rob DiPietro is the man. Peace out. Thank you, guys. Love you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.